So we are going to continue the Fabringen that we started, which talks about the power of our speech and how important it is to share what we have with others and to share it in a way, in a loving and kind and generous way, and how this has a ripple effect on others. And even those people that we think are chas uh, to think this way, but we think that they're undeserving of a, of a kind and, and generous tone. Thank you. Even those people, first of all, the fact that someone has unique challenges only means that they... Page Chaf. Uh, the fact that, we, that someone has unique challenges only means that they are... Um, that they have a, a greater soul power, number one. Number two, if someone has fallen, that means that they can't... they need help from someone else. Um, I was listening, uh, someone was describing it to me about how a relative theirs passed away, and they, the reason they passed away is they fell, and no one was there to pick them up, and they were there on the floor for a long time. So, if a Jew has fallen, and uh, that's not a reason to, uh, uh, to to speak to them in less than a kind tone, on contrary, the, uh, that, the fact that they're fa- they've fallen means they need someone else to help them out. So, that's what the Torah means when it says to learn, to... to, to uh, to learn merit in someone, to see good in them, that they need someone to, to see their good and to bring it out of them. They can't do it themselves. That's, that's what they're feeling. Their falling means that they need you to talk to them in a soft way. That's, that's what the um, went so far. Um, and and Derbe highlighted more that if the other person isn't responding, um, it, 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 it's on you. It's on you. The other person's falling is on you. That's That's like a a cardinal principle in, in the Rebbe's teaching that, as the Rebbe said about himself, my whole life, my whole essence is to lift up others, especially what others overlook. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you've you got to be. Okay, now we're going to see how, two things. We're going to see, first of all, how this is connected to um, the whole theme of the month of ER, and then we're going to see more how this is not just about the future, but even about words that we've said already. Let's go on ACE tests. Uh, what we've said is connected to the whole theme of the month of Iyar, the whole period of the counting of the Omer. The Parshas Omer is always in the days of the counting of the Omer. What is the message, what's the lesson, what's God telling us during the days of the Omer? God telling us we need to act in a way of Yisrael. As the students of Rabbi Kiva behaved after Lagba Omer, after Lagba Omer, that's when they rectified the issue they had before, uh, the remaining uh, five students of Rabbi Kiva, and they acted with respect for each other and with love for each other. So the lesson is not from the 33rd day of the Omer. The lesson is really from days before the 33rd day of the Omer. Where they stopped this mistake on the 33rd day of the Omer. But the lesson is from all the days before. We see from all these days something, Hashem is giving us a big message. In advertising, there's all kinds of ways of giving a message. So Hashem is giving us a big message here. How, how do we see that Hashem is giving us a big message? Hashem says, you know... You can't say Shechiyonu, you can't make a wedding, the biggest mitzvah, it would seem, the first mitzvah of the Torah, be fruitful and multiply and have children, and Hashem says, no, don't do this now. Why? Because people don't show respect for each other in this time period. So a Jew understands how severe this is and how careful he has to be about this. And that's a connection between this um, uh, period that we're in, the period about when, when the focus is on, on love for each other, respect for each other, with the message of the Parsha Semur. Parsha Semur is about speaking to people in a soft way with pleasantness. So action is the main thing. 
says the Rebbe as follows. Every single one of us, every single Jewish man and woman, must increase in all areas in spreading the wellsprings of, Judea, of Judaism and the wellsprings of Hasidus to the outside, as we see from the instruction of the title of this Torah portion, to speak, to inspire others by speaking in a soft tone and a pleasant tone, and do this with joy and gladness of heart, as the theme of Shabbos is, is associated with joy, as it says in the, the Talmud, there's no sadness on Shabbos because all your work is done. That means God gives you everything, it's all ready, and you just need to receive on Shabbos. The Rebbe told someone, uh, a rabbi who's working all week, the Rebbe said to him, he said, complain to the Rebbe, he has to work on Shabbos too. The Rebbe said, on Shabbos the blessings go through you. So on Shabbos, to feel it's all being given to you. You don't have to do anything. It's, it's all your work is done. There's no sadness on Shabbos. You just need to receive. So the theme of Shabbos is joy and pleasure. Of course. Of course. It says in the, in the Sifri, it says that Sifri interprets the words of the Torah. What, what, what's the meaning of the days of your joy? Days of your joy refer to Shabbosim. So Shabbos is, day, is a day of joy, and that means that the lesson we're supposed to learn about how to talk to others is... From the, we're supposed to take that energy of Shabbos with pleasure, with, with the joy. People should feel the joy and pleasure in your communication. Um, the, the, um, this idea of speaking in a soft way, in a respectful way, is connected to the whole theme of Shabbos. Shabbos and Torah share the same thing. As the, the, we've seen that, that the Talmud classifies a Torah scholar as Shabbos, that's his title. A Torah scholar is called Shabbos. So, the whole study of Torah is meant to be in a way that produces students that show respect for each other. So, that's why the real students, or the ones who really measured up to be the um, students of Akiva the way they're meant to be, they studied Torah in, in a way that produced their respect for each other. And all the Torah we have is from those students. As the um, Talmud says, all the, of the halachas that we have today are all according to Rabbi Akiva. Moshe Rabbeinu said the Torah could have been given through Rabbi Akiva. So the idea of Rabbi Akiva means that these five remaining students of Rabbi Akiva who learned the Torah from him in the proper way, as opposed to the students before, although they were also called students of Rabbi Akiva, nevertheless, they didn't receive from him in the proper way, and therefore they were missing of Yisrael. So Torah study the way it's meant to be, does produce this kind of respect. That was what Lag Ba'omer accomplished. So since the service of every Jew, every Jewish man and woman, is in a way of... Uh, the Torah comes first. Torah comes before other, other areas in life. So before a person's interest in his, uh, in his eating, in his drinking. Um, so, and not only that, but... Uh, before davening and studying Torah, before we do, Torah is more important to, a, to for a Jew than than his physical needs. Um, not just it's more important, but that's what happens every day. A Jew before going out to eat breakfast, he's supposed to study Torah. That says in the Talmud, he's supposed to go from the place of learning, from the place of davening to the place of learning. Um, so. Eating and drinking spiritually are davening and learning. Um, so Torah and and so, so not just that we precede our Torah study to our breakfasts, but Torah is breakfast. 
Torah and davening is, is spiritual eating and drinking. You're eating and drinking, you're davening, you're learning. So, uh, and before that, um, you, you say in the blessing, the morning blessings, you, you thank God for giving you the Torah. So, every Jew, every Jewish man and woman is a Jew of Torah, a Jew of Shabbos. And therefore, a Jew has the ability to act in a way of Avis Yisrael, in a similar way to the students of Rebbe Kiva. I'm not sure if the Rebbe's emphasis on the bracha of the Torah is in sync with what the Rebbe emphasizes many times about how when you study, even when you study Torah, right, you, you have to study Torah in a way that you're conscious of the giver of the Torah. It says the reason the second temple was destroyed was because people didn't uh, say the blessing for the Torah. What that means is they, didn't, they weren't conscious, they learned Torah, they weren't conscious of the giver of the Torah. So since a Jew is a student of Torah, and the way he's meant to study Torah, so, so um, every Jew is therefore a Jew of Shabbos, because Shabbos and Torah have the same theme. So therefore every Jew has the ability to act with Avis Yisrael like the students of Rabbi Kiva subsequent to Lagma Omer. And since we are given power from Shabbos for this activity, so it's understood that this activity of, of sharing Torah with others and chassidus with others is done with joy and gladness of heart, as is the theme of Shabbos, joy and pleasure. And when we reach out to other people in the appropriate way, so God promises us, if you try, you'll be successful. That for sure you'll be successful in these matters, and your success will be way beyond your efforts. Just like the Talmud says, if you, tr- Talmud says, if you try, you will find. The word find doesn't just mean you'll be successful. It means your discovery, your, your the success will be like a discovery of something brand new, because it'll be far beyond what you've what, what you put in. So if we will employ the, this instruction of the Torah to share Torah with others, we will discover things. We'll be like, wow! And speedily, Mamish, we should merit to see the fulfillment of the prophecy that is written about in chapter 89 in Tehillim. I have found David my servant. That, that Hashem describes the coming of Mashiach as a discovery. As the Gemara says, that there are three things that when they, when they happen, it's like a, something, wow, how did it happen? It's like a brand new thing. Mashiach will come, no matter how much we are Expecting coming Mashiach, it's going to be far uh, beyond what we are expecting. It's 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 going to be something that's going to going to be a real aha in the deepest way. So so in the merit of of uh, of involve of sharing Torah with, with others and and having that personal aha moment when you share Torah with other Jews and you, and you have this discovery of of success, which is far beyond your efforts, we will merit to see the coming Mashiach, which is also called a discovery speedily in our days, mamish, now, with joy and gladness of heart. Okay, now we're going to go into the past. That we give instruction about the present and the future. Chassidus loves every Jew. Rebbe loves every Jew. That doesn't just discuss about the future. That also tells us, yeah, I want to tell you that what I'm telling you is not only about the future, I'm also going to tell you about the past. But all the things you think are, are lost, they're not lost. Let's go. What we've discussed till now is about the presence, presence in the future. That means your present and the future has to be in a way of talking to other people in a soft way, with respect. But besides this, there's also instruction about from this regarding the past that we learned from Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni, this Shabbos of the Fabrengan was the 15th of the year. Pesach Sheni, like this year, was on Friday the 14th of the year. 
It's known the lesson. Oh, 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 thank you for reminding me. It's known the teaching of my father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, that what's Pesach Shein teach us that it's never too late, and because you can always correct things, you can always fix things. And so, to regarding what we're talking about, when you think about the way you acted yesterday and the way you acted in general in the past, and you see there are some things that are not the way that we're dis- not in sync with what we're discussing here. You have to know that it's not lost, but it's, but it's possible to correct the past. Since you heard the, this teaching of the previous Rebbe, the leader of our generation, you have to know that his words mean you, that you are, can and you need to correct your past. This means don't think that this is something that the previous Rebbe is saying about all the Jewish people regarding to the community or something similar. Since you heard this, Although the previous Rebbe certainly means all the Jewish people and the community, the first thing he means is you. The one he's the first one that he intends with this, this teaching. So when we're talking about the lesson from Pesach Sheni regarding rectifying the past, it's understood that the condition for this is you have to first feel the way you act in the past was was not the way it's, was not the best way, and you want to fix it. In other words, in order to fix something, you have to first know that there's an issue. As the Torah tells us about Pesach Sheni, how did Pesach Sheni happen? It wasn't that there was that Moshe Rabbeinu came to the Jewish people and said, "Hi, hi, guys! I have a suggestion for you. You didn't, didn't do it the first Pesach. Guess what? What do you think of bring a, a what, what do you think about having another chance? That's not how it happened. There were Jews who could not bring the Karim Pesach on the right time, and they said to Moshe Rabbeinu, "Why should we lose out that we could not bring out the the, the Karim Pesach? They felt that their situation wasn't the way it's meant to be, and they wanted to fix it." And it was so important to them, and only because it was so important to them, to them did they get this, this, this new um, instruction of Pesach Shein. That means, because they came to Meishu and because they asked, their request was received, and they were given the ability to rectify the past. That's what Pesach Shein means. This tells us how great a Jew is, even though a Jew is not in a good situation. Nevertheless, when he comes and he claims, why should I be left out? In the end, he's successful and God accepts his claim and God accepts his demand. So, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. How could these people come and claim when, why should we be left out? They knew that they were not pure. They couldn't bring the Karim Pesach. They couldn't participate in the first Passover because it was their guilt. It was Lachem. Lachem means it was their fault. Not necessarily, is ever referring to the Jews at that time, but the general instruction of Pesach Sheni is that even if it was your fault, Lachem, the Torah says, you're still able to bring a current Pesach Sheni. So, so why, what's, what's their claim? What were they thinking when they said, why should we be left out? You're impure. Um, so the answer is, what, what, what were they thinking? You know what they were thinking? They're thinking like this, we're Jews. So anything which is not the way it's meant to be, even if it's, ex- in, it, it's only external, and it can't change who they really are. And since inside they knew they knew who they are, they knew that they are the, they're absolutely the highest level of perfection. Inside, yeah, we can have faults. That's external. That's not who we are. They knew we're Jews. We're Jews. We're Jews like all other Jews. So all the all the, the the mistakes and all the faults that's external. Another occasion I ever spoke about the, uh, the previous Rebbe's um, instruction. You, just like you have to know your own. Uh, virtues, you have to know also faults. 
So the Rebbe highlighted, the previous Rebbe doesn't say the word fault, your own faults, because a Jew doesn't have faults. Your Jewishness, your, your, your true self, your essence, your neshama, doesn't have faults. So these Jews said, we're Jews. We don't have, yeah, okay, we were impure. That's not us, that's external. And since their inside was absolutely perfect, therefore they say, why should we lose out? But, but on the other hand, in order that they should um, be helped, they have to first know and feel that things aren't the way it's meant to be, and they have to come and claim and say, Hashem, why should we be left out? And then Hashem gives them the ability to correct the past. That means that just like the Torah says about the study of Torah, that someone who's embarrassed cannot learn, so to regarding teshuva, everything in the world comes from Torah. Hashem looked in the Torah, the Torah is the blueprint for creation. So whatever we find in the world comes from Torah. So just like in Torah study, you, need, can't, you can't learn if you're embarrassed. So too regarding teshuva, you shouldn't be embarrassed. But rather, you should, Rebbe says, you should demand that you want that from Hashem, that you want to correct everything in the past, because why should I be left out? And then Hashem listens to you and gives you the ability to correct the past. So this message that we need to ask, why should I be left out, is also connected to something we learned in chapter 4 in Perkyavis. Deb is going to address here something that um, uh, everyone who studied the Talmud has this question. And um, I never, I don't know if there's an edited um, talk of the Rebbe on the subject, that the Rebbe addresses it as clearly here in this unedited Fabrengen. Let's go. In, in the fourth chapter, Pekka Yavis, ruling the Shabbos, is a teaching from Elisha ben Avuya. Elisha ben Avuya, the Gemara says how he left Judaism. And he became someone else. He's called Acher. Acher means someone else. He was called Acher because of a certain incident. But the point is, he was considered to be someone else because he left Judaism. He had great students, like Rabbi Meir. Um, but uh, he himself, Gemara has a discussion what caused his spiritual um, failure, falling was because of the, the, the non-kosher music he listened to, was non-kosher books he read. But it, it was something that, uh, that uh, really uh, challenged him. But, the, but when he was walking with his student, Rameir, one Shabbos, Rameir was walking with him, because Rameir wanted, Rameir was, the Talmud says, was uniquely gifted in being able to take out from someone their fruits, and to ignore their appeal. Meaning, although the Talmud says in general, you should always choose a teacher who is like an angel, but don't choose a teacher who is like uh, who's not an angel because you, you may get some negative um, energy from that teacher as well. And in other words, if, if your teacher is, is not an angel, so you may learn some Torah from them, but you also are getting other things that may not be worth it. So therefore, the, Torah, the Talmud says, don't, don't be like a mayor. He was uniquely gifted. He was able to get the fruit from his teacher and throw away the peel. So it's Shabbos. They're walking together, and Elisha and Avuya and Rameir are walking outside the city. The Talmud says, the halacha is, you're not allowed to walk more than 2,000 amas, about 3,000, 4,000 feet outside of a city on Shabbos. So Elisha and Avuya is, is this amazing genius, and he tells Rameir, I've counted by the steps of my, hor- of, of my horse that we're approaching the uh, do not pass zone. So you should go back. So Reb Meir turns to his teacher and says, you should go back too. He didn't only mean you should go back to the city, he meant you should come back. 
Come back. Why don't you just come back? Imagine that scene, right? Now listen to what Elisha B'Vui's response. Elisha B'Vui's response to the mayor. He says, the mayor, I can't go back. Why can't I go back? Because I was outside the, uh, I think it was outside the base. Amigdash Kumara says, and I heard a voice come out from heaven. It was Yom Kippur. And it's, Hashem says, return all my children to me, except for Acher, except for this guy. All my wayward children, all my foolish children, I want them all to come back except for Acher. So the question is, okay, so, so, so that, that was his response to the mayor. Now, doesn't he sound like he's right? If Hashem says, I don't want you, what is he meant to think? How could you have a claim that, oh, you should have done Shuvah? What do you mean? Hashem says, to, imagine if God says to you, you know what, from now on, I don't want you to dive in and learn Torah anymore. Imagine if you really knew God was speaking to you, and you really knew, and he says, no, no Torah, Tefillah, Tzedakah, it's all not for you, try something else. What would you do? Would you, wouldn't you stop? I mean, what, 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 what possible claim could you have against him? The answer is like this. Although we heard the, the voice from heaven, and you heard Hashem say, return all my children except for Acher, he still should have tried to tshuva, and he should, still should have said, why should I be left out? And for sure, if he would try to do tshuva, and he would push, he would make it. His tshuva would have been accepted. Although the voice said, don't come back, it's like the Talmud says about when you're a guest in someone's house. When the owner says to you to leave, anything else he asks you to do, you should do. When he tells you to leave, don't listen. Although he is the owner of the house, and the Talmud says, whatever he says to do, you should do. But nevertheless, when the owner says, leave, you don't need to listen. And so too, regarding what we're talking about, although Acher heard the voice from heaven, and Hashem says, return foolish children except for you, you shouldn't have listened to this voice. Because Hashem himself writes in the Torah that a rule that you don't listen to the owner, you don't listen to your host when he tells you to leave, and therefore you shouldn't listen to the voice of Hashem who tells him to leave the the the. The, the realm of holiness. And that's the, um, that's the claim, that's the, the um, uh, accusation that there is against Acher. Why did you listen to that voice? Why didn't you try to do tshuva anyways? If you would have tried and you would have said, no, you can't kick me out, that in the end of his tshuva would have been accepted. As we see that Rameir Rabbi Yochanan did rectify his soul. So this is the lesson we learned from the 14th of the year from Pesach Sheni, when a Jew, by the way, I just um, I, I think that the reason he had to hear that voice was because because of what he had done, Hashem, in order to rectify the past, needed a deeper kind of tshuva, and therefore Hashem had to tell him, "I don't want you," and and he had to, and, and that would require him to reach so much deeper into himself to say, "No, I'm coming anyways," and and that and that, and that would have rectified the past. That's, that's why I look at it, anyways. But the point is, he the claim against Acher is, "Why'd you listen? It's, if if this, you should have said, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving.'" And this is a lesson from the 14th of year, year from Pesach Sheni. When a Jew sees that his behavior in the past is not the way it's meant to be, not only does he have the power and the ability to change the present and the future in his behavior for the present and the future, but he also has the power and the ability to correct all, everything in the past. That means that when he comes with a claim to Hashem, and he says, why should I be left out? Because I know that my essence is absolutely perfect, then he merits to have a new portion of Torah just like they did. The, par- the parasha Pesach Sheni. That means, just like they got the, a new section of Torah, Hashem gives, gives him also a new parasha to his life, Hashem adds something to him, that he has something new, that yeah, he corrects the past. And this is also relevant to the 15th of year, the 14th of year and the 15th of year are, are connected, are right next to each other, and especially this year when the 14th of year is on Friday, and the 15th of year is on Shabbos. What's Shabbos? 
Shabbos is when everything during the week is elevated to the highest of levels, to Bayechulu, to the place of pleasure and, and enjoyment and yearning. That's everything in the week, all the mundane energy is elevated on Shabbos. And since all the days of the week are elevated on Shabbos to the highest of levels, so much more so is true regarding Friday, right, which is right before Shabbos, it's, it's elevated on Shabbos. And therefore it's understood that the whole message of Pesach Sheni is elevated on Shabbos to the highest of levels. And therefore this Shabbos also has this, um, has this ability and this, this power. L'chaim, 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 we need a new parsha. Doesn't the Talmud Shem need a new parsha? So we give you a new parsha. So, so, it's, so in short, what do you say? You have to know. You have to know that there's an issue. Number one, and number two, you have to know that you you are. It starts from knowing how perfect you are. Since you are perfect inside, that you are a Jew and you're part of Hashem. Therefore, first of all, therefore you're bothered. That things are not the way in the uh, on the outside. That they're not the way they're meant to be. That's what bothers you in the first place. And that's also what causes you to come to Hashem and ask Him to help you. And that's why Hashem listens to you, because you're His child. And don't learn from, And we learn from Elisha Manavuya that don't give in to uh, um, heavenly voices or any signs you see in this world or any signs you see from heaven that tell you that you cannot correct the past. You ask the Ebishter and the Ebishter will help you. It's helpful to know that there was a Jew who actually said to Hashem, Hashem actually told him, I want you to leave, and he didn't mean it. You know, it's, help, it's helpful. It's helpful to know that. Like, no matter what you see. I wonder why he didn't know. Uh, yeah. Perhaps maybe the, the tells us not to make sure not to misunderstand or not explain the heavenly message the proper way. Message, you're not getting it. Yeah, yeah, when Hashem is saying to him, right, right, what is the Abishar feeling when he's saying to leave, leave the house? He's saying, please don't listen to me. Please don't listen to me. I want you to say, no, you're my dad. I want you to stay with you. That's what Hashem is feeling, so to speak, when he's saying to him, leave. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, a battle. Great day. Oops.